When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And I'm Gus, and today we have a very special guest in the form of niche internet micro-celebrity, <laughs> as his Instagram bio will tell you, and um, TikTok. NFL super analyst Theo Ash. Um, hello, Theo. Nice to see you again. Or yeah, uh, time, but... for the first time. I was supposed to be on a couple days ago, and uh, I I had to skip out on it because this podcast is called Bay Takes, and as of right now, I'm in the Bay Area. I'm in San Francisco, so to keep it consistent and to keep the theme going, I had to delay it a little bit so we could still be Bay Takes, but... Yeah, I saw the Golden Gate Bridge today for the first time. I was like, wow, it's a big bridge. And I saw, oh, what else? Downtown, I guess, and some parks and the really narrow, like, high buildings. And I'm like, wow, I'm really I'm really in San Francisco right now. And I saw the Warriors win. I got to go to a Warriors bar and, and celebrate with all the Warriors fans, even though I'm not a Warriors fan. But, yeah, I got the full, got the full Bay experience today, really. Well, we are uh, glad to have you here and uh, glad to have someone who really, I would say, knows knows the game pretty well and has, uh, you know, besides the one Bengals take, I feel like you're pretty darn knowledgeable <laughs> about the game. So uh, I know you hear that a lot. Um, I, yeah, I deserve I mean. it. I deserve it. It was a really bad take. I deserve it. Um, so we're just going to go through the NFL divisions today. We might hop around a little bit. Sorry if there's not a ton of structure, guys, but... Um, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna talk about the NFL divisions and um, preview some of the seasons for the teams. We probably won't give every team a lot of time because I'm sorry, but I really just don't like care that much how the Texans season goes. Um, bad, it'll go bad. Boom, Texans. They done. won the Watson trade, so I don't think. <laughs> I mean, right now, you know. So uh, two years from now, maybe better, but right now they're still bad. They Bang. feel pretty good, I think. Texans out of the way. So, uh, yeah, they're not going to win a lot of games. There you go. That's the Texans' take. Uh, we can start with the uh, AFC East since that's first on my list. Uh, a big shakeup, right? So the Dolphins got Tyreek Hill. Um, so now they have, like, the speediest wide receiver corpse in football, probably. Tua is now going to maybe be good. <laughs> Who knows? And... Um, the Bills are pretty similar, I think. They made some, like, they lost Beasley, but they got Jameson Crowder. And, I mean, that Gabriel Davis probably going to improve. So, and what Von do you think Miller. about? And Von yeah, Miller. well, they, I forgot about Von Miller. So, they got Von Miller. Um, they got OJ Howard. I mean, they already had maybe the best defense in the league. So, I would put the Packers up there. I'm going to be honest. I think the Packers yeah, defense as is you pretty should. good. They're crazy on paper. But, yeah, no, as far as the AFC East goes. Um, I think the Dolphins are the most interesting team to talk about just because of the additions they've made this offseason. I think the Bills will be good. All right, Josh Allen. I think Stefan Diggs is still an elite elite wide receiver. Um, running back core has improved. Defense still looks good. Trey White is going to be back healthy. Bills, I think, can win this division pretty easily. I think that that's still the take. I don't think I have to elaborate too much on it. It's the Dolphins that really fascinate me. Um, with the additions of Mike McDaniel as the new head coach and Tyreek Hill. I think we see a lot of jokes about Tua and Tyreek being like, Tyreek's going to be wide open downfield and Tua's not going to be able to hit him at all. Um, I think that that's a little bit disingenuous just because like, we saw Debo Samuel this year in a 49ers offense put up crazy, crazy numbers, correct? And 
I think a lot of what the Mike McDaniel offense wants to do is stretch the field horizontally instead of vertically. So get the ball quickly to Tyreek on a crossing route, let him catch it and pick up yards after the catch. Same with Waddle. So I think that we're still going to be able to see Tyreek utilize his speed. It might not be on these 40-yard bombs like it was with Mahomes, but I think after the catch, we're really going to see Tyreek put up some crazy numbers and Waddle put up some crazy numbers. But I look at that front seven and it's like, man, I don't know if I see a whole ton of raw talent there. I think like their defense has been so good in large part because of the creativity of Brian Flores. Uh, the offensive line, Teron Armstead is going to help a lot, but outside of that, still a lot of question marks there. Tua, I mean, at this point, his footwork's bad, his accuracy is bad, his arm strength is bad. It's like, what are you as a quarterback at that point? I'm, I've never been a Tua believer, and I'm certainly not now. So, the Dolphins, I do think that there's some, some definitely some things to get excited about there. I think their running game will be a lot better. Um, obviously there's so much speed there with Mostert and Tyreek and Waddle, maybe the three fastest players in the league point blank period, but I'm not sure I'm totally sold on them overall, just because I think there's a lot of position groups out there who, who that don't quite move me. I guess that's the way I'd put it. But do you think like the Patriots running attack next year could like just run through the Dolphins and do you think maybe the Patriots could finish higher than the Dolphins next year? Yeah, I think the Patriots are an interesting team just because, like, you look at all of their position groups and the high-end talent really isn't there. Like, Judon's really good, right? Um, but outside of him, it's it's kind of like a bunch of mid. Right? Or, like, not even mid, but, like, the nice th- the thing I like about the Patriots is I think they could withstand an injury to just about anybody because I like their depth, right? I like yeah. that you know, Jacoby might... Yeah, Jacoby Myers could go down, but they've got Aguilar and they've got <laughs> they've got Kendrick Bourne and they've got a bunch of guys that I like, correct? And and same with like their running back stable and their offensive line and their front seven. It's like there's a, there's a lot of depth there, but in an AFC with so much firepower on so many teams, it's just like I don't know if they've quite got the horses to make any noise in the playoffs if they even get there. I do think it's it's very reasonable to assume that they finish with a better record than the Dolphins. I mean, they did last year. You got to remember the Dolphins were a one in seven team to start out with last year, one in seven. And then they played some of the easiest teams in all of football, scratched and clawed their way to, to a seven and one close or something like that. But man, if if their schedule is difficult, I still think they could kind of revert or play closer to that one in seven caliber team, right? Like it's, it's not a guarantee that the Dolphins with all the things they've changed, obviously Flores was kind of a surprise firing. I personally hold Flores in a pretty high regard as a coach. And I think there's a decent chance they downgraded from Flores to Mike McDaniel. So I I don't think it's a crazy scenario that the Patriots finish ahead of the Dolphins, but I don't think either are these huge contenders in the AFC in my eyes, or I think they'll be kind of fighting for a wild card spot, the both of them. So with that division, I think it's the Bills who might be Super Bowl favorites right now. I think they are Super Bowl favorites. And then all the other teams in that division could definitely be some nice teams. The Jets, even if, if Zach Wilson can take a step, but all of them are, are kind of wild card first round exit contention in my eyes. I mean, so just, one elaboration on Tyreek. So at the, back when he was drafted and like mm-hmm. maybe in the first few years of his career, they had Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they used a lot of Debo like pre-snap motion and run him in the backfield. And they still did a lot of that with Mahomes. But like with Tua, he's probably not going to be running a ton of go routes and just like clear. I mean, he might clear out a little bit, but defenses don't have to worry about Tua hitting like a 50-yard pass no. all the time. Right. Like Mahomes does. They're, they don't have to live in fear. So I think... I guess my view of it is like they wanted to make Tua's life as easy as possible. And like, Mm -hmm. look, if you don't get this right, like you can't get right with anyone because Tyreek and Waddle are going to be open all the time and they're going to be, you know, like 15 to 20 yards like max. They're just going to be checking down and then those guys can turn a check down into a touchdown anytime because they're just like that. And so I think they just, and they got running backs and they upgraded on O-line. They were basically like, Tua here, if you're bad, like we we have no excuse because... We, we we did everything in our power to to surround you with 
you know, good options. Elite talent, right, yeah. And I think I, I, I don't know if two is the quarterback at this time next year. I think you look at Kyler Murray, who might be unhappy and, and looking for a trade, or, or Lamar Jackson, and this is a really good good quarterback class in the next draft. Like, I always think about quarterbacks, if they need the perfect situation to look okay, they're not actually that good. All right, we saw Joe Burrow this year perform very well with a horrible offensive line. We saw Justin Herbert, his rookie season. People forget how bad that offensive line was before Slater and, um, oh, who's the center they got from the Packers? Lindsley. Lindsley, right, Corey Lindsley. Like, they got those two, and and it really fixed their offensive line by leaps and bounds this year. But his rookie year was one of the best rookie years you'll see. And um, he had a horrible offensive line. So great quarterbacks can overcome bad situations and look all right. Not that... Not that Burrow is in like necessarily a horrible situation this year, but I think the coaching in the offensive line was pretty rough, but he still had the season he had. So Tua, even if he looks, I mean, he would have to have like an MVP caliber season or, or an undeniable top 10 type of season for, for me to not think about moving on from Tua. Even if he looks all right and is middle of the pack or slightly above, I still would look to move on because, you know, you, you got to flash more than he has so far and... I, I really think he doesn't quite have a superpower or something that he can really bank on to win consistently because he's just not shown any major strengths so far. But I digress. So for a guy like so moving on, right? So we talk about you talked about like Lamar Jackson, right? He has literally zero offensive weapons, and sure, like he has Rashad. Besides Bateman, Bateman's pretty yeah. solid, and Bateman's and he has solid. Mark Andrews. Andrews, Andrews is really good, oh, yeah, yeah. but the weapon like the wide receiving core. Who's yeah. the wide receiver too? Duvernay. <laughs> Duvernay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's Devin Duvernay. <laughs> so with this division, right, we're assuming Deshaun Watson is like obviously not playing this year, right? There's no way he doesn't if he plays this year, right? Two more two more lawsuits just got handed down. I would say I wouldn't say there's no way he doesn't play, but I would say Even with Ridley, there's no way he plays here. I think he's getting suspended at this point, at the yeah. very least, right? So yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think I'd anticipate a pretty hefty Deshaun Watson suspension right now, but I, I could be wrong. So, like, what does this division look like, right? So, you have the Steelers who, up, I mean, probably upgraded at quarterback. Um, and then you have the Bengals who just came off of going to a Super Bowl and probably improved their offensive line. Um, so, are they, like, easily front runners, even though Lamar Jackson is 37-12 and 12 as a starter? <laughs> Yeah, I think the 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 Bengals right now. I mean, the Super Bowl hangover is pretty real. All right, the 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 track record of success of Super Bowl losers is really bad, and a lot of them just straight up miss the playoffs the next year. I have faith. I I'm going from a Bengals hater to someone who's cautiously optimistic about him. It's a new year, new me, but I do think like projecting them to go to the Super Bowl again is a little bit rich for my blood because just of the way they won last year, like so many go balls, so many explosive plays, Chase just being lights out. Um, uh, Trey Hendrickson having like 13 games in a row with a sack. Jadobia Woozy like emerging to be a, a legit corner one. Like to me, all those things happening again, they were super healthy. No injuries to Burrow, no injuries to T Higgins or Chase or Boyd or Mixon or Hendrickson or or they were so healthy last year. Lamar got hurt, and uh, the Browns were kind of down and out. Like to to anticipate the same sort of luck and the same sort of big explosive play, um, the same sort of success rate on those is is a little bit. Like I think you gotta kind of expect them to take a little bit of a step back in at least some of those departments. Um, that being said. The Ravens, they still got Greg Roman, who I don't love as a play caller. Rashad Bateman, I really do love Rashad Bateman, but outside of him, it could look rough. Ronnie Stanley's been completely injury prone. The front seven has been his aging and is still not totally solid. Um, Marcus Peters, uh, an old vet at this point, coming back from a torn ACL. So I I think it'll be, I mean, assuming there's a a suspension for, for Watson, I don't think that it's a lock for the Bengals. 
I don't think it's a lock for the Bengals, but I also don't think that they were a complete fluke last year just because that wide receiving core is so good and and Burroughs really figured it out in terms of reading the field and accuracy, and I don't think that those traits are going anywhere. Uh, Right now, I think I would say Ravens finish first, Bengals still in the wild card in the playoffs, but um, I could definitely see those two teams flip-flopping. I'm not mad if you think the Bengals could finish first in that division at all. And again, it comes down to what we think about the Browns, and Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season with the Steelers, although I'm not the world's biggest picket fan. That division, to me, could go a variety of different ways, but right now the way I'm looking at it is Ravens first, Bengals second, and then we'll mess around. We'll say Steelers third and, and project kind of a heavy Deshaun Watson suspension and maybe just karma for the Browns finishing fourth. But I'm not really confident. I think this this division could go a variety of different orders. So is this a Steelers losing season for the first time, though? Because And if it wasn't last year, it's kind of tough for me to inve- envision it this year, right? Like, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was, like, horrifically bad yeah. and couldn't do anything – um, down the field at all it was a horrible running game again and the defense was was pretty bad and they still had a winning season they still had a winning season so I don't know I don't know if I'm going to project them with a winning record this year nine and eight with Pickett who I didn't love I think Pickett was about on pace with these other quarterbacks who went in the third round this year so you know it's either him or Trubisky I don't love either I could definitely see this being a losing season but it's tough for me to bet against Tomlin at this point when all he does is is put forward these winning seasons but anyway I I I I guess I would say that this is probably a losing season for the Steelers but I I don't really put much of my chest into that take Nobody show Bladen this podcast because he just said the Browns are going to finish fourth in the division. <laughs> so hopefully Bladen never sees this. He did. He... he did, which is so funny. It's the Browns. I mean, they're such a mess. Like Bladen, my podcast co-host on Stay Hot, massive Browns fan. If you didn't know, Bladen always predicts the Browns to win the Super Bowl, ten wins, even through the eras where they had no quarterback. And now that they traded for an elite one, he's more pessimistic than ever. It's just some sick irony there, but um. Yeah, with the way things are going with Watson, it's tough for me to think the league won't crack down on him whatsoever. That would just be such a horrible look for them. Well, who's their quarterback, though? Is set? But is Baker coming back? Or is no, Baker not? requested a trade, didn't he? I don't think Baker wants to play Baker's, anymore. Baker's, I, I think at yeah. this point the relationship is too frayed, right? If you're giving up all this much, you know, three first-round picks for to replace you with, like, a potential sex like predator. I don't know if you're like super keen on just like bailing out the guys who just did that to you. <laughs> like, you know, regardless of what you think of Watson or not, you know, Mayfield's probably looking at that situation like, bro, you made your bed. You kicked me to the curb. You lie in it, right? I'm requesting a trade. for. I'm not coming to save you. You guys screwed up or potentially screwed up. Uh, there's still a chance Watson starts week one. No suspension has come down yet. But I I really think Baker is not not starting for the Browns this year. I don't know if he has that in him to to like just be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll bail you out right now. I mean, he's a better man than me if he does that, and I'm not quite sure he is a better man than me. So <laughs> Brissett then, though, which is like a decent backup. But, you know, you're, Brissett – to Amari Cooper and David Bell does not really uh, move me. What about the Donovan That's... Peoples-Jones uh, breakout season? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> what well, was he, a fifth-round pick? I mean, if he would have broken out, I mean, he's had – he got plenty of playing time last yeah, year. I don't know. Exactly. He's, yeah. he's not, a, he's not to me, someone who's like – if he was going to break out last year, it was going to be the year, I think. This year, it's like he might be an all right role player, but I, I think that's all – Donovan Peoples Jones is at this point. I think I probably agree with you with the rankings. I think I would do exactly the same. Um, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I think like um, I don't. I just don't think they need to pass. Like I, I just think like their running game is so good. And it's, right. Yeah. And Dobbins will be back. Right. So if he's yeah, healthy, exactly. then I'm not. I'm not worried about the Ravens really. And they were still. They should have made the playoffs last year, and Lamar Jackson didn't even play most of the season. So 
I'm not too worried about that. I think they were the one seed when he was healthy. I think, I mean, with all the injuries they had everywhere else, I think they were still the one seed when he was healthy. So, yeah, Lamar is good. I, I think he gets way too much hate. People yeah. are saying the league has figured him out when his record is, what is it you said, like 37 and 12? Yeah, well, <laughs> he was the one seed they before he got hurt. So the league figured him out. How exactly? Anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think people are just expecting him to be like MVP every year. And it's like, look, the quarterbacks in the league right now are ridiculous. So it's not – it's like you can't realistically project that. He's been – pretty much as good as you can ask anyone to be in his and he hasn't won a super bowl it's the only thing uh right. but but he's been i mean if he's healthy then i think the ravens are always a contender because he's just that guy yeah i mean he's, he's younger he's younger than burrow he's been to the second round of the playoffs twice which is not nothing and he's won a unanimous mvp i, I honestly think he took some strides as a passer last year too I think he can read the field. I really do. I, I see him look off safeties. I see him work one to two to three. I've seen it happen. I've seen him exhibit good pocket presence. Like when people just call him a running back, you know, I think that you can kind of safely disregard their their opinion. Obviously, he's not as good as a passer as like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, but like he's got, I mean, we saw a real, who is the Broncos wide receiver that had to get thrown into a game? <laughs> Oh, um, Kendall. It was Hinton? Kendall. Yes, Hinton. That's what a skill position player playing quarterback looks like. Lamar doesn't look like that. All right, he led the league in touchdowns in 2019 and passing touchdowns with like Willie Sneed as his wide receiver. But one. Do all you right. think they should like go out and try to get a wide receiver? Maybe like halfway through the season or like in the off season next year. It depends on who's left. I think Julio has still got a decent amount left in the tank. I think I, I don't know why he's not a Packer right now as a Packer fan. Like, please, our wide receiver, our best wide receiver right now is Alan Lazard. Please go get Julio. Same with the Ravens. It's like Bateman is nice and all, but to if they're going to be bracketing ba- Bateman, it's like, you know, go get Julio instead of DuVernay or, or whoever else is there. So I think Julio would definitely be a good fit there. I think he would be a good fit on the Packers as well. That's the guy where I'm like, go get him. Or or even like a Will Fuller type who's I think is still out there. I definitely think there's some moves I would definitely consider making if they're if I'm the Ravens, but uh, they they tied the record for most 100-yard rushing games in a row. I mean, that's how they bread, they 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 butter their bread and um I think that they'll be a fine regular season team for sure. Uh, once they get into the playoffs, I could definitely once again see the lack of wide receiving depth being a pretty major problem, and I could see them losing a game because of it. And obviously, if you lose even one game in the playoffs, you're out. So I, I think they should sign one. Not that they can't be a good regular season team, but come postseason, I could see that depth really, really being a weakness for them that, that prevents them from winning a Super Bowl. I mean, we should move on probably to the AFC South. There isn't as much to talk about as pretty much any other division. I think it's one of the more uninteresting ones. Um, I mean, who do you think is going to win this division? I think it's like, you know, are the Colts that much better with Matt Ryan? Like, I know Carson Wentz literally is like a hollow brain, but like he's he still was like solid for them, except for in a couple games where he was really, really terrible. Like, you know, the one where they needed him to win. Uh, I think Ryan's definitely better, and I don't think there's that much of like, an argument i think he's solid but and they have jonathan taylor and their defense is like pretty solid but i don't like the titans always seem to hang around with like no one and derrick henry so yeah i mean the titans were the one seed in the afc last year and that's just like looking at it now it's like how did that happen because they didn't have aj brown for a good portion of the year they didn't have um they didn't have derrick henry for a good portion of the year so like and their offensive line wasn't even that good and they they're very top heavy on defense so it's like how on earth did titans win that many games so with everyone back i think that you could probably make the argument like yeah the titans are the team to beat here but i'm gonna roll with the colts here um i i just i just don't think the titans have like Traylon burks i liked him coming out of the draft but as your wide receiver one still don't love the offensive line still don't love like Tannehill's pretty solid, but he's not great. Still, I think it's it's kind of a top-heavy defense. Like The Colts, to me, are a team that can rely on that running game and be one of the more physical teams in football. And if you're going to run that much, when you do throw it, you just need a guy that doesn't ruin everything. And Wentz, you know, occasionally, week eight against the Titans, ruined everything. Um, made some very questionable decisions versus the Jaguars in week 17, and 
alienated himself not only from the Eagles right before it and ended things on bad terms there. I mean, the Colts ownership was basically like that was a big like openly publicly saying like trading for Wentz was a huge mistake. I hate that we did that, which you just never hear guys openly say. So Wentz, uh, Ryan is a better leader than Wentz. I think he's more accurate than Wentz. Doesn't have the arm strength or the talent, but the Colts aren't a team that's going to win football games through the air a whole bunch. So I think you just need someone to keep things on schedule. I think Ryan's going to be able to do a good job of that. And I'm going to have the Colts winning this division and, and probably getting first rounded by a wild card team. But, you know, that's that's where I'm at with this division. And then Jaguars, I like what the Jaguars have done. I, I still really like Trevor Lawrence. I think going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson is going to be a really welcome change for them. And the offense is going to look a lot smoother. But still don't know if they have the horses in the receiving game and the secondary to really be contenders. I think they might pleasantly surprise, but don't have them in the playoffs. Um, I think the Texans could be one of the worst teams in football. I really do. Uh, Definitely got some nice pieces going forward for the rebuild. But as it stands right now, they're just not quite there yet. And kind of reminds me of the Lions maybe this year with uh, after the Stafford trade. They have a bunch of picks there there's a world where the the path is is forward but i mean the lions were the second worst team in football last year texans have a good path forward but again i think they could be around that same range i think they're the worst team jaguars second tight or it goes colts titans jaguars texans that's where i'm i'm feeling this division I think it's hard not to project a big step forward for Lawrence after the horrid coaching situation. And he was not great last season. Like no one's going to sugarcoat that, but he had no, he didn't really have a lot of guys to throw to. And even if they're paying Christian Kirk, 18 million a year, like it's still Christian Kirk. He's probably better than most of the guys they had last year. So, and the the guys they had last year just weren't, yeah, the guys they had last year weren't even like running real routes. They were just like running (laughs) into each other and dropping everything. (laughs) So it's like you could, I think you could even have the exact same wide receiving core as you did last year and just get a real coach that isn't Urban Meyer who doesn't quit on his team and go to strip clubs and bars and like just like not know who Aaron Donald is and just like screw up all the time like just a real coach could make that wide receiving core like better than they were last year so to have that same wide receiving core plus a decent wide receiver in Christian Kirk like yeah I I think that they'll be much improved um as a passing attack this year even if they're not like top half of the league I think they can be like a fine passing attack, uh, an okay one, albeit not a great one. But I think that that is still a, a serious leap forward over the disaster class that were last year. And I mean, I hate to be talking about the Jaguars as much, but James Robinson is probably continually underrated. I don't feel like he gets talked about at all. And I mean, I, I watch their games and like they put like eight in the box because who's going to defend the Jaguars pass? And yet he's still averaging like 4.55 yards a carry and getting big gains and, you know, I mean, he's, I don't know how he was undrafted, but, uh, and, and ET, they're getting ETN back. And if he's any good, that'll help them. And Lawrence will have, feel a little more comfortable. And so, I mean, I feel like there's no way that they, I mean, they can't, they can, unless they lose every game, they really can't be worse. Right. But, uh, or did they win two games? They won one game or two games. Maybe the they won Jaguars two. won. No, the second one game against was the, the Dolphins and, and two against the Colts. The, Colts, the second yeah. one was that Colts game in Week Seventeen. Yes, they can't they can't be that much worse though, and I think they will be a little better, especially because they get division games against some pretty, you know, mediocre yeah, or really Texans. bad teams. Yeah, so, so they should have two wins. They they there's no way they lose to the Texans twice in a row. That just doesn't seem possible to me. <laughs> um, let's talk about maybe the most interesting division in all of football, unless you're a Packers fan. Um, the, even as a Packer fan, yeah, the, the AFC West is ridiculous, and there are people saying that any of these teams is a real playoff contender. Um, the most, the thing that I have had on my mind the most is, do you think the Chiefs will really take a big step back without Tyreek? Because they put a lot of money into the receiving core, nonetheless. MVS is a nice field stretcher, and the reports out of camp, I don't know if that matters that much, but have been that he and Mahomes are are linking up a lot, and um. You know, Juju coming back off injury. He's a nice safety blanket to have. I mean, of course, we know Kelsey's going to have a great season as long as he stays healthy, which he always seems to. And what about Nicole Hardman, right? Like, this is maybe Nicole Hardman's time to shine, maybe. He has so much talent, right? Right. Right. Yeah, no. They've definitely got the speed with Hardman and MVS to, like, sort of replace the the taking the top off the defense aspect that Tyreek Hill gave 
My problem with the Chiefs is like last year, dropping a bunch of guys into coverage, worked against them the whole year, uh, mitigated them to about as much as you can mitigate a big three like Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. But like they lost eventually because of it. The Bengals in that divisional round game just dropped eight guys back in coverage and only rushed three. And Chiefs couldn't crack it. And so all of last year, there was this like glaring weakness or not maybe not a glaring weakness but a way to beat the chiefs the blueprint was out and we never really saw him solve it so this year it's like are they going to be able to solve that now without potentially the best wide receiver in football i think like between that and i think they had a great draft but the defense doesn't have a whole lot of high-end talent I, I definitely don't think the Chiefs are locks to win this division like they have been these past couple of years at all. Um, and they've got a brutal, 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 brutal schedule as well. So I honestly think the Chiefs will finish second or third. I think that might be my hot take from this division is the Chiefs don't win it. And maybe my I have a bunch of hot takes in this division. I, I kind of think it's all upside down. Um, I really love what the Raiders are right now. I think they have the best skill position group in all of football. Like it's third down and and seven, and you've got to f- figure out how to guard Adams, Waller, and Hunter Renfro. Like someone's going to be open. I think they're going to be really a prolific offense with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs as well. A decent offensive line, a, a pretty good above average quarterback and Derek Carr. I think that this could be a top five offense. I really do. Um, defense, they've got two high-level edge rushers in Chandler Jones and um, Max Crosby. Crosby. So they're going to be able to generate pass rush. It's just the secondary. That's the only thing for me where it's like, what is this secondary going to look like? They're going to need Nate Hobbs to make a big jump. They're going to need Rocky Yassine to make a big jump. Um, For the sake of the hot take, I'm going to say they're going to do that. And my hot take is Raiders who were a 10-win team last year. People forget they were in the playoffs, 10 wins. Um, and they added potentially the best wide receiver in football and and a great edge rusher. So they're my team to finish first. It's a little bit of a hot take, but with this division, I think that there's a lot. It could kind of go anyway. I've got, how about Chargers second, Chiefs third, and then Broncos fourth. I think that's the way I see it shaping up, but it could be completely flipped around, and it would not surprise me one little bit. I you could do a random number generator with this division, and I wouldn't be mad. Like any result like, what's is the totally thing that fine puts, with me. What's the thing that for you that pushes the Raiders over the Chargers? Because the Chargers, in my opinion, I mean, are like clear. I, in my like, the, the, yeah, the way I see it. I feel like they're clear, and maybe I'm just a Chargers fanboy because <laughs> I'm a Austin Eckler fanboy, but. I, I just don't see, like, their offense was the fifth-best offense, uh, like, scoring-wise last year. I just feel like they're just going to tear up the Raiders' secondary. And, sure, they might make, become a little bit better, but, I mean, I, I just think the Chargers beat every single one of these secondaries. Um, and it's yeah, I could, I could definitely see it. The Raiders are definitely, like, you know, for me, like, no one had the Bengals finishing in the Super Bowl last year, like nobody. They may not have, you may not have had them as a bad of a team as I did. That is for sure. A lot of people had them finishing better with a better record than I did. But I know for a damn fact, you probably didn't have them with a winning record, much less getting to the Super Bowl. So every year there's going to be some crazy stuff that happens. And if there's one take where I'm like kind of on the fence on, I tend to err more on the crazy side just because, you know, I, I think like every year there's some stuff that defies expectation and defies common sense. I, I do. I don't think it's a bad take at all that the Chargers could tear up the Raiders. I really don't. Where I do have some concern with the Chargers is I, I do think their weapons are a little overrated. Like Mike Williams is is a great jump ball receiver and, and Keenan Allen is a great slot guy and, and a good intermediate route runner. But I think that's basically between the two of them they're kind of one trick ponies and they complement each other well but i i don't think either of them are necessarily well-rounded dynamic wide receivers anymore like keenan allen is not fast he's not great after the catch and he's not going to stretch the field at all if if mike williams was to go down like where do you replace the the deep ball who do you replace the deep ball with you're you're relying so i do think that they're still a little bit top heavy um 
But yeah, no, I mean, the, the players they've assembled is, is really impressive. Derwin, JC Jackson, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. Um, obviously, the two wide receivers are still quite good. I just don't think they're totally top 10 like a lot of people would say they are. Herbert, I obviously think Herbert's incredible. Slater is going to be really good for a long time. So I, I definitely think they could finish first in this division, but um, I am high on the Raiders as well. And it's just one of those situations it's like I think you gotta spice it up a little bit and project some craziness. And the Raiders are, I think, the common team that everybody's predicting last in the division. You know, maybe my hot take for the year is that they finish first, but I, I still think the Chargers make the playoffs very easily, and and they could very easily win this division. I don't think it's a horrible take at all. I'm a little bit concerned about their run defense. Still, Jerry Tillery <laughs> is still a projected starter for them at three tech, and they got rid of uh, several good linebackers. I thought or, or linebackers that played well, so. Um, I am a little bit concerned about up the middle running for them. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, this, it's tough to really identify a, a, a huge weakness for this Chargers team. So it's definitely uh, some projection and some kind of projecting craziness for me. I mean, I guess my other question is just like, so, I mean, like, we haven't really talked about it at all, but you have the Broncos last, and a lot of people say, okay, well, they were the best defensive team in this division, right? So, like, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they're like a classic sort of like a quarterback away team, right? Like, everyone's like, oh, you know, they've got no quarterback, but but if they could not have Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, then, oh, my God, they're like this amazing team. And a lot of people, a lot of the people that are like, you know, defense wins championships are like, okay, this is the best defense in the division probably. And now they added a quarterback in Russ who, like, do you think Russ is going to be, you know, 2019, 2020 Russ? Or is he going to be, or I might be mixing up my ears, or is he going to be Russ from last year that was like solid, but he was not as good, I think, right? Like at the end, I've had injuries, of course, but if he's healthy, do you, th- do you see him being like an almost MVP caliber quarterback? No, I I think like in his career, he's never quite reached that MVP caliber quarterback range, which is why he's never even gotten a single vote for it, right? He's always been really good, but not MVP caliber. And at this point at age, what, 34, I think his best years are even behind him a little bit. So if he wasn't an MVP caliber quarterback before and his best years were behind him, that's kind of what I'm projecting. Like, I think he's still a, a really good player and, and a borderline top 10 type of quarterback here. But I, I do think he's going to be more in that borderline range than like a lock for all pro or something like that. I think he's going to be in that kind of tier two. Outside of that, like, yes, they had a fantastic defense last year, but I also have a lot of respect as Vic Fangio as a defensive mind who is now gone. Um, I'm not the world's biggest Judy fan. Like some people are just are like, oh my God, he's going to break out and be like the next Devontae Adams now that he has a good quarterback, which, you know, he is, a, he is a kind of a nice route runner for sure, but I'm not quite sure if I buy that, that type of hype for him, especially with a quarterback like Russ, who, who does Russ like? He likes these insane deep threats like DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf's not like an elite route runner. He's never been asked to like, slice and dice people up with these crazy routes right it's just like oh russell hit he's huge and russ loves to throw that deep ball and he can track it and catch it same with Lockett. you know not someone you think of is like he's he's certainly a fine route runner but not some like when you think of Lockett, i always think of him tracking that beautiful russ deep ball judy is not the type of wide receiver i think of when i think of like an insane downfield downfield target right like i think like last year he played a lot in the slot um struggled kind of with drops and tracking the football so far in his career so i think he's more of a a shifty slot guy than a than a elite deep threat and i just don't think like russ with his struggles throwing over the middle like a a shifty slot guy is not quite what i think meshes with his skill set so i don't think judy's gonna break out to the extent that a lot of people do Maybe he maybe he just develops and, you know, cooks people on the outside and, and develops that ball tracking and you project that growth for him and it could totally happen. But for me, like someone's got to finish last and I, I don't – Hackett has – like their new head coach has substitute teacher vibes for me. Go watch him mic'd up. Go – <laughs> I learned this about my high school is like we have a lot of substitute teachers and not every high school has that. So maybe I'm I'm – People don't quite understand the substitute teacher vibe, but go watch him, and he he kind of acts like a substitute teacher. <laughs> he's like 
not that quoting Anchorman and calling like touchdowns like touchdown or Ruskies or whatever is like necessarily bad, but you wouldn't catch Bill Belichick dead doing that, okay? He's just kind of a silly, goofy guy. And this is the Theo Ash NFL vibe check when it comes to head coaches. He's just a little bit unserious in my book, which has nothing to do with like his scheme or anything. It's just like, I think he's corny, <laughs> which is just like literally not even good analysis at all. But I just like, I don't know if Hackett. But that's uh, what you need for this division, right? That's, right. It's like any sort of doubt is like, is Hackett really like going to be an elite head coach? And when he was kind of Lafleur's second fiddle, like I, I just don't know if I'm betting on that. And it's a safe assumption to make, you know. A lot of first-year head coaches get fired in two years, three years. Like most of them do. So I think it's even a hotter take to be like, oh yeah, Hackett's going to be a really great head coach, one of the elite ones in the league, one of these days. So yeah, the coaching, the new, there's just a lot of newness. Everyone's going to, I think, take a lot of time to gel. Um, with Russ and the way the unique way he plays football, that gelling period could take a little bit longer just because he's got such a specific brand of football. Um, and in this division, like if they were in the AFC South, no doubt I'm picking the Broncos to win it. But in this division, I'm I've just got them finishing last, and and they could finish first, and I'll I'll say I'm wrong. But you know, it's it's a tough division. Someone's got to finish last. Who am I going to pick? I like the Raiders. I like the Chargers. I like the Chiefs. I, I have a little bit more hesitancy towards the Broncos, so that's where I'm at with it. I mean, I am, of course, somewhat of an Alabama fan. People might dislike me for that, but uh, I watched a lot of Judy in college, and he just made guys look silly, like every play. He was right. his his route running coming, coming out of out the out draft of was really I value, and I think you have said this as well on uh, some of your TikToks that separation is really like the biggest thing as a receiver. If you can't get open, like how's your quarterback supposed to trust you? Um, and I, I mean, I was really like frustrated with the NFL when he did not go as the number one receiver in that draft. And of course I didn't think rugs would have his whole, his whole issue. Yeah. Like killing somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a little rough. (laughs) That was a little rough. um, But like, I mean, rugs was honestly having a pretty solid year and just like maybe for the Raiders, he would honestly be perfect for this team to just like take the top off the defense for them now. Um, like, if they like- had rug, oh my god! If they had Waller as the Y tight end, Devonte as the X, Renfro in the Devante. slot, and rugs rugs to take the top off the defense, that's like a perfectly built wide receiving core. I don't know if they would have traded for him, and I don't know if Renfro would have broken out though. Right? No, I mean Renfro was having a pretty good year. Renfro thrives off of the fact that other people were taking the, i mean renfro just finds spaces that's what also, he does right he's, he's a, a great route runner and he just too. he's a focus of the offense waller was and then waller was injured waller, waller was injured i think well i don't think rugs is the type of guy to ever be a feature part of the offense i think he could be like deshaun deshaun jackson right deshaun jackson was never like like he was a one of the best deep threats ever but I would never quite consider him the centerpiece of an offense. Like for me, there's the X wide receiver. That's the centerpiece, right? That's the isolated guy. You trust him to beat one-on-ones. You trust him to beat breast coverage. That's the X wide receiver. And then there's the Y wide receiver who just takes the top, like runs a lot of these deep routes, takes the top off the top off the defense. And, you know, he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to catch all of these passes, but when he does catch them, it's going to be a really efficient, like catch and it was kind of the same deal with the Packers with um Adams and then MVS on the other side and those aren't as good of a as a wide receiving duo as like some of the some of the ones you'll see around the league like oh Evans and Godwin for example but yet still the Packers were were one of the best teams in football just because MVS can take off the top of the defense and you've got that legit x wide receiver and Adams to to work the kind of possession things like Wide receiving rooms to me should be look like basketball teams, all different sorts of body types, all different sorts of like skill sets. And the Raiders, if Ruggs was there, would be like the like you'd have just it wouldn't be a bunch of all stars out there, but it would just be like a perfectly built team with with the speed guy and the possession guy and the slot guy and the the dominant tight end. But you know, Denard Robinson is who they got, and I guess he could take the top off the defense, but you'd feel a lot better about it if Ruggs was there. But sadly, Ruggs, 
Ruggs went a little bit too fast, so he won't be. It's an unfortunate situation, I think, all around. <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just know I, we could talk for hours about the. I'm AFC curious. West. Who do you guys? Who do you like? Do you have any takes on like one through four? I'm I'm always I mean, curious about how people value this NFC West. I think or the AFC best, West. I think the best football team, and I'm kind of with Mikey on this. I think the best football team in the division is the Chargers. I think that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Mahomes is. No one's going to argue Mahomes the best quarterback, but I think Herbert is like really. He's like a legit top five guy. Um. I know, I think you did some rankings that you posted for your, like, top 100 players. And I don't know if those were ranked, but you had him up there with Brady. And, I mean, he's yeah, the he's arm talent special. as well as, like, the fact that he's actually really accurate. And, like, I watched a lot of his games, and I know Mikey did because he had Mike Williams and Austin Eckler in fantasy. <laughs> and uh, he makes, like, he has, like, one brain fart every once in a while. But, like, most of the time, he's just, like, superhuman with the way His he's... arm is just... I mean, oh, wait, maybe this is a hot take, but his arm is just as good as Josh Allen's. I think it's yeah, up there. It I think is. it's up there. I'd agree. No, he can just, like, flick the ball, you know, 50, 60 yards easy, and it's not, like... And he's and he's mobile, and it still is crazy to me that we didn't see this coming out of the draft. I mean, maybe you did. I don't know, but I was like, I mean, I <laughs> luckily, was like, luckily for me, I did not have my TikTok account before that draft, so I did not slander Herbert at all. But I was definitely not on the like Herbert. I was definitely because he was really getting hit by analysts before the draft. Like, why would you draft this? He's inaccurate. Analytics don't like him at all. And at that point, I was kind of on board with that narrative, but luckily, I never made that take public. The only take I made public from that draft class was... Not liking Tua? Was it not liking Tua? Not liking Tua and liking Hurts a lot, but I've even shied away from that. But like, I called Hurts a bust. Uh, not Hurts. I called Tua a bust, not Herbert. So that was my big one. So I'm I mean, glad that that's the take that everyone knows me for and not not <laughs> Herbert. Uh, not I mean, Herbert. In the, the thing about Herbert coming out of the draft is... The big thing that they were saying, I remember, is like he's he's laid back, he's quiet. You can't have that at the quarterback position. They have to be loud, they have to be vocal. And like everyone loves Herbert. Every guy on that team is like, oh my god, like this dude is like laid back and chill, and there's all the videos of him being like a kid. But I think it just works with the Chargers, and I don't know if that's like it could still be an issue. Maybe he doesn't have like the fire, but the, I mean the way we've seen him play, like I think that questioning someone for like being laid back <laughs> when we now we have seen the you know <laughs> as you said disaster yeah. class that a lot of quarterbacks have put on in that sense, whether it be you know the Browns whole quarterback room and all the stuff there, and you know, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson hating each other, and it's just <laughs> like you don't like. Like, if you have a guy who doesn't cause problems, I would take that over a guy who's, like, a little too doesn't vocal, Joe right? Burrow, so. Doesn't Joe Burrow seem very relaxed, too? Like, yeah, you, like as, cool, long as, you, as long like, as like you care, cool. right? Like, like, Justin Herbert, you know, doesn't freak out, I think. Like, he's not, like, a, a, a Brady type, but no one's quite a Brady type when it comes to co competition. But Herbert's not a weirdo, right? I think, like, some of these guys, like, uh, like, Kirk Cousins is a guy who I think like the teammates just think he's kind of strange. I think he's just kind of a cringy like Bible counselor type personality. I think there's some guys like that who are just a little bit weird. I think Wentz is another guy who he is just a little like his teammates find him a little bit like reading between the lines and in the, how he's kind of bounced around teams recently. Yeah, as as long as you're not a weirdo. That's kind of what it comes down to. I think, like, Herbert is chill, but he still has the respect of the locker room. Like, as long as you don't lose the respect of the locker room, that's all that matters. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at with... And he's truly not going to work past the, like, doesn't have that fire allegations completely until he makes the playoffs. But, yeah, I think that that's happening this year. And then yeah, you've got... So you've got Chargers, Chiefs... And then probably, I'd guess, Broncos, Raiders. Do I, have I don't that think right? I have the Raiders last. I just, like you said, I think that even if they don't have rugs anymore, I don't know. I mean, Mikey, you can make your take on this, but like the Raiders won 10 games with the Gruden stuff and then like an interim head coach and like had a lot of stuff go wrong and still managed to pull out a lot of games last year. And now they have Devontae Adams. And I know they lost in Gawkway, but they got Chandler Jones. Like if, if they can mitigate like the Casey Hayward 
issue that he left and like they can find a way to show up the secondary, the then I mean I can see them finishing really high. I can't put the Raiders first. I don't feel I feel like they no, still have yeah. the, the their secondary is like a bigger weakness than any of the Chargers weaknesses. So I'd probably go Chargers the Chiefs find a way. I'll go. I think I'll go Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos. I don't love the Broncos either. I just don't like. Like Russ didn't show me last year when he came back from injury that he was like that guy. And unless Judy or Sutton, if Sutton comes back and like is like Sutton from two years ago, um, and they lost Fant. Like I guess Javante is a great player. I think he's one of still one of the best running backs in football already. But Mike, you can make your take. I I don't love the Broncos as much as the other teams, but they're still. I mean, I think they would win a lot of divisions in football. So, so I actually like really don't like the Chiefs. Um, I really don't. I like, like the their, take. I I I don't hate that take at all. I I, I hate their secondary. Um, <laughs> I don't feel confident about this new offense. Um, I think it drastically changes their offense, and I don't feel good about that. I also think that. Kelsey has to age eventually. Um, maybe that's not this year, um, but him being the huge focal point of the offense is going to be a huge wear and tear because there's games last year, right, where he's getting maybe up, upwards of 20 targets, but getting like 15 targets a game every single game, I think is just going to wear him down. And obviously injury is impossible to predict, but they're a Kelsey injury away from not – I don't think having a great offense um, and I, I, you know, Mahomes is going to make it work. Mahomes is amazing. Mahomes is phenomenal. Um, but as you said, this division is impossible to predict. So I'm going to put the chiefs at third. I'm going to put, I don't know who to pick between the Raiders and Broncos, honestly, because I honestly, you know what? Um, I'm going to do chargers, Raiders, chiefs, Broncos. That's what I'm okay. going to do. All right. Um, okay. I love the Raiders' offense. I agree with you. I think their offense is pretty much unstoppable if Carr becomes a top ten quarterback. If he's a top ten quarterback, I think it's unstoppable. I don't see how. Like, and maybe if Waller um, is still injured or something like that, but it seems like he's uh, progressed through his injury. So, I mean, they have the second best or best wide receiver in football with one of the best route runners in football and a top five receiving tight end. Right. Like. What are we talking about here? Yeah, you're, no, it's it could be guys. really good. It could be really good. Yeah. It's going to be hard for teams to stop it. I guess I guess like I can't project the Broncos offense being as seamless. I watched I mean a lot of AFC West games last year and the Broncos offense like even with Javante, like they better give Javante like every touch this year. Like yeah, hey, but good, I think Melvin Gordon. Why did they resign Melvin Gordon? I don't understand it. I think Melvin Gordon's underrated. I, I think he's wow. good. I know I think he's good, but when you look at what Javante was doing like like top did he lead the league in broken tackles or something? He probably and getting did. Like, getting like, you know, sub 200 carries. Like, dude is like a monster. He is a monster. And if he could get his vision right and inconsistently, like, that's to me why you re-sign Melvin Gordon. Because to me, if it's just the Javante show, right, and he is the true workout horse and everybody who plays fantasy football desperately wants him to be the true workhorse <laughs> and not split carries again, but... That might be a little bit of why I said that. Who but, knows? yes, no, I get it. I get it. It would be a blast. I like Javante. I love watching Javante Williams as well because he just breaks so many tackles. But I think, like, that style of, of running is very tiring on a guy. Like, very tiring. If you're just... Yeah, breaking all those tackles all the time, and I feel like if you're playing a good defense and he's not those broken and they're they're ta- wrapping up well, if you don't have anyone to like give a change up to, you could be looking at one of those games where it's like twelve rushes for thirty yards, right? I think like he's more susceptible to games like that than Gordon, who I think is has very good vision and very good creativity behind the line, even better vision and, and stuff like that than, than Javante. So having that change up where you can maybe start the game off with, with um, Melvin Gordon, you know, pick up, you know, trust him to, to pick up the yardage that is there basically every time. And, and even a little bit more with his vision. And then once that defense is softened up a little bit, then go to Javante in the second half and just have them plow guys over um, when they're a little bit more tired. To me, that sounds more appealing than just giving Javante the rock 25 times a game. And and I, I think that could be really good, but I also 
would enjoy having. I, I don't think he's quite Derrick Henry yet or Nick Chubb yet, where I f- feel completely confident giving him the keys and just being like, go lead the league in touches. That That's kind of where I'm at. I, I think his vision needs to get a little bit better um, for his. Because like J- Gordon and, and Javante had the exact same amount of carries last year, 203 each. And Gordon was the one with more yards. So I, I actually think Gordon's a little underrated right now. I think everybody loves, and, and I do too, loves to watch Javante Williams just bull guys over. But I, I do, like, you got, like, Gordon was just as effective for them last year for a different reason that's not as fun to watch. But I do understand why they did it. There was a little fantasy football bias, and I'm going to be honest, I kind of forgot they re-signed <laughs> Melvin, but I agree. The thing is, I had Melvin a couple years back in fantasy, so I watched a lot of, and like, you're going to be like, oh, fantasy, but like, I watched, I mean, that's kind of why like I watch more games. I don't have the time and, or the ability right, right. to watch no. 12 games at once, so I'm watching the guys that like I want to see do well, and Melvin, he's like a really good rusher. I think sometimes he has problems with fumbles, and like, he I don't does. know if that was a big issue in Denver, but in with the chargers it was like they were like oh my god stop fumbling it was like chris carson (laughs) like please like you're so effective and then you just put the ball on the ground and you waste a good drive um i mean i still believe javante will get like more like more more than gordon but i I I do like the change of pace you really besides you know taylor and henry you don't see and and Najee, i guess like you don't see guys just get like every touch even chubb the the browns just don't even give chubb the ball that much like to the point where you're like this guy is like a top three running back in the game so good no he is i like i think greenman is a really good football player i'm just saying like like there are very few guys where you just say like give them all uh all these touches and it worked. And I, I'm not even saying it really worked with Najee, who's was a at a great season given the terrible, yeah, really horrible to McCaffrey two years in a row offensive right? line. So I mean, I get. I, I think I agree with you. Like the the switch up is definitely there because otherwise, like their offense has become pretty one dimensional. I feel like unless you know Russ Russ is going to make some plays, but I like the way their running game projects next season. If Russ can thrive off the play action like he was able to at times in Seattle and just bomb the ball and they have someone able to go, like K.J. Hamler, I don't know, make some plays down the field. Patrick, Cortland Sutton, those are the guys I really like in that offense even more than Judy just because I feel like Sutton and and Tim Patrick are these big bodies who I feel a little bit better about winning these kind of jump balls down the field or winning up the sidelines like that. That's kind of my take on it, at least from the fantasy impact. I'm kind of high on both of those guys. Uh, I we do need to kind of go into the NFC. How yeah. about this? How about this? How about this? My my computer is at five percent. We've been talking about the AFC. How about I come on for a different episode later and we break down the NFC? Cool. I am very down. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Uh, no, we have been talking about the AFC for a while. I feel like we, there's a lot to talk about in the NFC too. So oh yeah, it's absolutely. probably better if we get a whole. You know, this isn't like a two hour, a two hour. Yeah, no, we try to keep it to like 30 minutes. But, you know, we were like, oh, we have someone who actually knows their stuff. Like, let's let them talk (laughs) and get as much, uh, you know, good stuff as we can. So, um, Mikey, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Especially thank you for waiting until you got to the bay. That's uh, (laughs) the best part about it. Thanks for uh, letting uh, for putting up with me as I as I waited to come to the bay of course and uh, that's that's the reason why i didn't come on the first time is i just knew that i had to do it later for the bay yeah well yes. um you know it's been a good day right warriors win good podcast you know what what could go wrong and what, what it's could a go great wrong day the in the bay lose. area it's, what could go wrong yeah, if the warriors what's... don't win the next two games or one and of the next projected two games. steelers first losing season under mike tomlin all of that is going on today. So uh, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe uh, or, or follow Download, the podcast. Download, rate us on. five stars, you know, uh, wherever you're getting this. And if you're seeing this clip on TikTok or something, um, if you guys don't already follow Theo, which you probably do, <laughs> uh, do it. Theo Ash and I fell on everything, yes. He is great and, yeah, he's, he's awesome. You heard his amazing takes today and uh really appreciate <laughs> we'll see if they're here. amazing or not we'll see i hope they are I well the basis for them I, I i definitely like so uh thank you again and uh see you guys
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 